This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexandra Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. together listeners today is going to be a really really interesting episode regardless if you're into DIY and crafting because I feel like DIY and crafting in general is so beneficial to everyone we're going to talk about that but one of the interesting things about this hobby is that it can actually be slightly wasteful if you're not careful and if you're like me you're one of those people that like starts projects puts them down forgets about them we're going to talk all about that today um so this week i'm joined by tiffany ann westcore she is a sustainable crafting expert um and we're going to basically unravel the threads of eco-conscious creativity and we're going to talk about how making small changes during your crafting routines can actually make a pretty big impact on the world around us. So Tiffany, welcome. I wonder if you could just do a brief intro of yourself and let the audience know who you are. Yay, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Tiffany and I have two kids. I was gonna say toddlers, but no, they're growing up. <laughs> um, I have a four-year-old and seven-year-old and we live in sunny Southern California where our surroundings just really do inspire me to live more sustainable, sustainable to keep our planet beautiful for generations to come. I love to DIY and do crafts, but I like to especially upcycle in my crafts and DIY because there are so many things that we can use for future crafts. So people call me scrappy, but I call it being creative. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's kind of funny is like, I feel like the term scrappy has so many like double meanings, but like we could like be silly and say, oh, we're crafting, so we're ha, ha, scrappy or whatever. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> truly, I, I think that, um, you know, from a creativity point, just like you're saying, there's so many different ways you can utilize different materials in DIY and crafting. And I feel like one of the reasons why we, we love your account and like love what you talk about is there's such a big, I feel like a misconception. Number one, that you, if you're going to start a project, you have to like buy a bunch of stuff. Like if it's all out, I go to your Joann's, Michael's, Hobby Lobby, like wherever you like to shop and just like start from scratch. And so number one, you end up with a lot of like stuff that you don't, maybe you just use once or you're just not going to use again. And then you also like spend a lot of money and then you're like, wait a second, like, why didn't I just like buy this, <laughs> buy the finished product, right? <laughs> I always think about like how, you know, when you read a recipe and they're like, oh, use like one little sprig of rosemary and then uh, you have all of this fresh rosemary. You're like, what yeah. do I do? And then it expires and you're like, that was pretty wasteful. Yeah. So I kind of think of it that way with crafts and DIY. If you have extra, save them. They don't expire like <laughs> recipes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And there's also, we've talked about this in like a previous episode. I actually interviewed somebody who runs um, one of these, um, uh, like, it's not even a store. It's like a nonprofit where you can stop by and it's like a reuse center is what it's called. 
And there's, so, I mean, there these types of places aren't super popular quite yet. I'm excited for them to become more popular. But like, yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways you can do that. Um, but what I what I thought was so interesting, like when we were looking at your blog, is I feel like when you uh, get started with a DIY, I don't, I guess, what do we call it, a recipe <laughs> DIY <laughs> like uh, tutorial, I guess. Uh, your all of the the things that you choose to share really seem to focus on utilizing upcycled or low waste materials so like how did you what made you decide to go that route rather than starting to share stuff where you've just got to like get a ton of get a ton of things right so a lot of times I mean we live in a very high consumerism type of world these days you know everyone's telling you to buy this buy that good deals and after a while I feel like it's not being used a lot so a lot of times we choose to maybe donate things when I look at products, I think, hmm, instead of donating, could I use this for something else? And I don't know about you, but for our family of four, we take out the trash like almost every single day. I don't know if it's because we have a small trash can, but either way, the trash and waste is just so daunting to me. And I always think, you know, sometimes recycling is also a very confusing um, subject, depending where you live. Some places you can recycle this, some places you can't. And so a lot of times I think, you know, if you can't recycle it easily, you can perhaps DIY with it. You can craft with it. Um, recently, I made um, a little toy boat out of a milk carton for my kids and they had so much fun doing it. They put like their little stuffies in it and like kind of had a little boat race. And that was from a milk carton. Like who would have thought you know, my kids are having fun with a milk carton boat. So um, yeah, it's just, I love just thinking of different ways to be creative and just bringing something back to life. Kids are not going to care or notice. Like, I don't think, I mean, for them, it's about like having fun. And like, if you're involving kids in activities, that's super fun. But even if you're a listener who doesn't have kids and you're just wanting to do things for yourself, like if you're going to be making something for a child, like they don't care. They don't know as, as long as it works and they can yeah, play with it. <laughs> absolutely. And then the other thing I want to dive into separately that you mentioned, because it's just really important to us here at this podcast. So we, I go together, I've interviewed so many different people in the food space who really specialize in reusing leftovers or just extra ingredients or just being low waste with cooking in general. And so I feel like we've covered that a lot. I also feel like we could continue to cover it forever because it's so interesting. But that's a, a part of my life that we've chosen to optimize. So like we're like we do meal planning. We also like try and clean out the fridge as much as we can through through cooking. But if you think about what you just talked about from a DIY perspective, like that's almost like the the non-edible version of yes. what, what I just was talking about, which is like. Rather than, and uh, listeners, you know, we, I, I say this all the time. We've, we've done a bunch of episodes on this as well. But when you uh, donate things to Goodwill, they are not going where you think they're going. Like, right. they're not, those, most of those pieces of clothing are not going to be, you know, resold. They're going to be shredded. They're going to be, like, just put in landfills. Like, it's, it's unfortunate right. because there's just, like, really, the infrastructure doesn't exist uh, to really take on that much, like, physical waste. So when we think about, you know, either donating or putting something in the trash from Tiffany's perspective, like she's just talking about, it's like, why don't we think about using this quote unquote trash 
in different ways and upcycling it and using DIY as a way to reduce things going into the landfill is huge. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And so um, let's talk a little bit about, okay, so you just talked about, yeah, this like really cool, like milk upcycled milk carton um, for your kids. What are some other like interesting projects that you've done lately that are utilizing yeah. things around the house? So recently um, for the holidays, I actually um, took an old um, p- baking sheet you know, what you would use to bake cookies and such. It was kind of rusting and there were scratch marks on it. And I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to use that, you know, to cook and bake for my kids. And so I actually made a magnetic advent calendar out of it. Um, cool. It was, yeah, it was super fun to do. And since the baking sheet is metal, all I did was add a magnet behind um, this cute little Christmas toy and I made it move you can move it day by day and count down to Christmas. So, Oh my gosh, I love yeah. this. <laughs> That's awesome. And the other thing I'll mention on that one is like Advent calendars or just like the business of Advent calendars. Oh my God, there's so many different ones. Mm-hmm. And yes. most of them are, well, it depends. Like some of them are basically single use where it's like candy or like consumables, which is fun. But again, like the packaging stuff is wasteful. Or you have the stuff that's designed to be used season after season, which is fun. But a lot of times it can be expensive. Like we just got uh, a a felt one for our daughter and you know, it's cute, but man, that thing was pricey. I wish I I would known about this. (laughs) I know it's kind of like, Oh, it's holidays. They like double the price because yeah, because they can. (laughs) Yeah. Because they can. Um, and so like that, that's an awesome example. I mean, we'll we'll talk about more in a second, but one thing I actually wanted to jump in and ask you, because it just kind of jogged my memory is, Let's talk a little bit about like common crafting. I, I mean, I guess we call them ingredients or supplies, but like, I mean, actually I just got done recording a separate episode and we briefly mentioned glitter, but like thinking about some of this like traditional crafting supplies that aren't good for the environment. Like tell me, t- let's talk a little bit about that. Like, I mean, I guess we could start with glitter. Everybody's favorite thing to hate, I unfortunately. Know. <laughs> I know, especially with kids, they love glitter. And I, I don't know. blame them. I it's mean, fun. I, yeah, I grew up with glitter and Yeah, everything. so did I. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things that's like, it's a balance, right? Like, yes, glitter gives you the ick because it's like, it's small microplastic. Um, but we try to keep as much as we can. Um, so we have little containers we put glitter and we try to do the same colors but a lot of times it's funny I'm like oh you you guys just made a colorful glitter um, container so we keep them in containers and we try to reuse them but another way we love to kind of sprinkle things in is we make leaf confettis so leaves that fall on the ground um, you know the little crunchy ones we actually use like little hole punchers and we put them in a jar so then we can reuse them And we also like to use dried florals. So like a lot of times we use roses and we either crumble them up or do the same technique with hole punching. And we have a container for that too. So um, I try to show my kids that even if there's things that we like to use and they might not be uh, quote unquote eco-friendly as a product itself, you can still reuse them and use it to its full potential. And then you can also have um, things from nature and you can decorate your crafts and DIY with that too. So I always like to show my kids and my followers that there's inspiration all around. And the most important thing is to use it multiple times as much as you can in many creative ways. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I like that you, you've mentioned that about glitter because 
yes, I, as much as we're going to try and like reduce our usage of glitter, sometimes we're just going to use it. And so if you're going to use it, then you're right. Use it as much as possible. Um, gather up the, the stuff that you didn't use and put it back in a jar, right? Like as simple as that is, like, I think a lot of us, especially growing up with that stuff where it's very abundant, we wouldn't have done that. We'd have just thrown it away and just not thought anything about it. Um, and you know, the point of this podcast is to think about being conscious consumers. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to like completely stop some of these older habits, but we do want to be a little bit more mindful. Um, I love the leaf hole punch thing. We talked about that last. It's just, it's such an easy, well, I don't even know if it's that easy, but it's kind of like a fun thing to do that you wouldn't have previously thought about. Um, and also the, the dried floral is amazing. Um, when we think about like glues and like Mod Podge and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that type of stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of the same concept like glitter, where it's not exactly eco friendly, but a lot of times I use Mod Podge and glue to make an upcycle DIY. Okay. So, when you make an upcycle DIY, you want to be as conscious as possible, but at the same time, you want to make sure that your upcycle DIY is going to last. Yeah. Because if it doesn't last, then what's the point? You're not you're gonna basically use it for a one-time use or maybe even two times. So glue and mod podge, if it can create a very sturdy DIY that you can reuse, then it's worth it to me because yeah. it's better than buying something new. You can secondhand it and it'll survive. And that's what makes it upcycled and reusable. Absolutely. And we, uh, listeners, you know, we, we love statistics on this podcast, at least to just like help us ground ourselves in like the, the scale we're talking about. And so we did find one. Um, so in 2021, there's a, a place out in, in Nashville, Tennessee, it's called the Turnip Green Creative Reuse. So one of these reuse centers that we're talking about, they actually diverted this one center diverted 378,000 pounds of totally usable craft waste, they diverted that away from the landfill. And that's insane. And you're totally right, Tiffany. Like most of us are with families or like either with your family's roommates, if you're in a living situation with a decent amount of people, you probably are taking your trash out at least once every day or so. Um, and we also have, yeah, we have a small trash can actually. <laughs> that's like one of my like random hidden tips, like yeah. try and reduce your trash weight. You're actually like, trash landfill waste is get the smallest trash can you can um because you're gonna like most places if you overfill it or if you like put a bag next to it like overflow they like charge you a ton of money (laughs) so it's like a nice sort of like uh like a a stick not the carrot version a stick version of making yourself have less trash but I digress um I think that you know a lot of us don't even realize just the scale we're talking about so for me like hearing that this one place in Nashville like just was able to divert that many pounds of usable craft waste. That's crazy. I know. I I want something like that all around. Why doesn't every county have something like that? I mean, that's amazing. I would love to promote something like this. If oh I can find a piece of paper to like vote on it, I'm there. I know, me too. And the other thing that I found to be interesting is, now this is on a much smaller scale, but like libraries. So some cities have more uh, services, that are provided by the library than you'd think. So I think some of us have heard about some libraries allowing for like tool rental or like you can like check out tools and things like that. But I'm curious, I wonder, it's possible, maybe listeners, you can help us research this, but I wonder if there's any libraries that are 
doing this in a craft specific way. Like maybe oh, they're awesome. Yeah. Maybe they're letting you like, uh, use like a cricket or cricket or whatever you say that, yeah. or, you know, oh, maybe cricket, they're yeah. cricket. Yeah. Um, maybe they're, they're doing that or helping people share, um, another, you know, uh, resource that we talk about basically on every podcast is also your local buy nothing group. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, whether you're looking to get rid of, uh, craft supplies, or even if you're like, Hey, I just found this amazing, um, DIY by Tiffany Westgore. We're going to do a uh, baking sheet um, advent calendar, but I don't have a baking sheet. Like you can ask, you can post uh, ask and you're by nothing. And I guarantee you somebody's going to come in there and say, yes, I, yes. I love by nothing. Like yeah. I'm on it every day, probably like three times a day. <laughs> you should be your admin. <laughs> I know. I, I was thinking about that, but our city's pretty big. So it's a yeah. lot of work, but oh my gosh, I, I love it. If, you guys have not joined by nothing. I highly recommend it. Like it's the best. Well, and the other thing that's nice about it is, and as I'm thinking about like different sort of like niche craft materials is it's a really good place to like, just, I don't know, connect with somebody that might've been like hoarding something random. So like, let's think about like the stuff. Remember when your teacher as a kid used to have your mom, like to bring in like toilet paper rolls or right. like, uh, tin cans. My mom was actually one of those people that didn't hoard stuff. And so she would like get so stressed out because like right. I'd come home and be like, Hey mom, I need like five toilet paper rolls tomorrow. And she'd be like, what? Like we don't you know, just, like run around the house, like grabbing right. all the toilet paper. Um, but like, that's a really good example of just like posting and just like, Hey, does anybody have this? I'm trying to make a craft. Um, I've also actually seen people do, um, almost what's it I can't remember the name of this you might know it's like the the Japanese art of mending old plates or mending I think there's a specific oh. word for it and I can't remember yeah um, I can't remember either but yeah. I know what you're talking about yeah so listeners we'll we'll find out the the name in this technique and we'll we'll include it in the show notes but anyway somebody had put a really beautiful piece of old china on our by nothing group and it was uh it wasn't like I don't think it was a a piece that was like designed to go in a set I think it was like one of those that was like a display piece and it had been broken and it just but been broken in like two big pieces and so somebody posted and said hey is anybody into this type of crafting like would you like to repair it and somebody snapped it up like almost immediately so that's another good way to like think about okay well this is something I might not have even thought of as like a craft project or it's something that I myself am not willing to do but maybe somebody else's No, it's, it's so great. I mean, there's times I'm like, oh, maybe it's not worth posting on buy nothing. No one's going to want it, but you'd be surprised. There are so many things that people are interested in and we have no idea. So it, it never hurts to ask if anyone wants it. Yeah. So like, tell me, like, give us some examples of some other crafts that you've done utilizing like kind of strange or maybe like not <laughs> traditional type ingredients or supplies, excuse me. Yeah, it's all okay. I know. Right? <laughs> Always talking about food. I totally understand. I mean, everyone can relate to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many things um, I've been doing. I'm actually working on a project and I don't know if I can translate it correctly through a podcast, but I am, t I took an old crib that is just, you know, it's been passed on many times and the person who gave it to me just wasn't sure if anyone would take it at all because it's on the best condition. Yeah. But it was put to good use over many babies have used it and been passed along, but I am actually deconstructing it to make it into a toy shelf, which I know that sounds kind of odd, 
But you know how many cribs it has those like, um, kind of like, what do you call them? Like pillars, you know, that. Yes. Can, yes. So I, if you imagine it flipped over, um, I am actually using those little pillars to make adjustable shelves. Wow. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to put wood planks on on them and depending what kind of toy you want to put because let's face it toys come in different shapes and sizes they're not all you know one height or anything and so depending on what I want to display for my kids I can adjust the shelves using those pillars it sounds very complex but it's actually pretty neat because I'm all about adjusting shelves for the kids or even your items like if you want to show your collection of china plates or anything you can adjust these shelves so I am currently building that right now out of an old crib that's awesome no I mean and that is a very very unexpected way to use an old crib and as a matter of fact like that's to me that's a not only is it just a cool reuse situation but there's also situations like what you're just talking about with a crib where people actually can't reuse stuff because it's not safe anymore right like and I'm not I'm not saying that the crib that you're using is unsafe but there are certain examples where yeah, people are like, look, like this, this has lasted me a really long time. It's just broken. And I like literally can't use it for the intended purpose. Right. Right. Like I've, um, I've upcycled so many, um, like old bookcases and such because you can just break them into wood pieces and whatnot and just use them for scrap wood for other upcycle DIYs. Yes. And I mean, so at the time of this recording, wood prices have finally gone back down. But like yes. during the pandemic, <laughs> my God, it was so oh my expensive, gosh. right? I know. And it's it's interesting because a lot of times everyone's working from home. So they're able to, you know, think of new projects around the house. But then you go to Home Depot or Lowe's or your local hardware store and you're like, oh, well, we might have to scratch this idea of, you know, building something because of the prices were so high. Oh, yeah. I remember. So we did, we do a lot of like Ikea hacks here mm-hmm. around my oh, house. Oh, I love and, Ikea hacks. <laughs> right? Because those are affordable. And typically, now, you know, Ikea gets a lot of shade, but they they themselves have tried to do a lot as it, in regards to making furniture that lasts a little bit longer, etc. But that's a topic for another day. But the thing I was going to mention was um, the... Uh, when we did our Ikea hack, some of it required some like framing with just like two by fours, et cetera. And I remember my husband went to go get it and he was like, oh my God. Like, cause he does, he, he used to do a decent amount of woodworking. So he was like, the price of lumber is crazy. Like, I know we've heard about it on the news, but like it really hits home when you try to go do a project for your home. Right. Right. I know there's times I remember I was like, could I just get this one piece of wood and make it work? And a lot of times, no, but <laughs> that's when you would go to buy nothing and find, you know, an old dresser or whatnot and be like, I'm going to break this piece and use it. Yep. And that's it. Like, I, again, I think that's like kind of an, un, I don't know, like it's just something that doesn't seem to jump out to people, which is right. using the, the finished item and breaking it back down. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's a great example. Um, I also wonder too, like in our notes, you said something like, well, if, if you're out, maybe you're by nothing or you see something by the curb and you see something that's like, you know, oh, I'm not really a big fan of it, even like single use plastic, styrofoam, et cetera, like you're going to figure out a way to use it. And so do you have like a little, do you have like a section of your like uh, garage where you keep uh, things to be upcycled or I'm curious? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. I try to keep it as organized as possible. So we um, have bins of items that we can use for upcycles. Um, like you said, the empty toilet paper rolls. I mean, yeah, they, 
There's so many of them and we like to use it all the time for crafts or anything like that. So I do have a bucket of that. Um, I also, I use the Cricut a lot and vinyl does give me the ick because it is plastic. Yes. Yeah. I try to reuse as much as I can. And like I said, if they're making my upcycle DIYs more of what I would reuse all the time, I'm going to use it. And I love, you know, using my creativity when I do that. So I have a bucket of Cricut uh, vinyl scraps. Yep. I have a bucket of scrap wood. Actually, not a bucket. I have like a room of scrap wood because wood comes in different sizes and everything. But yeah, my garage is my great storage room. And it's really important to be organized because there's times when you're doing a small craft, and you're like, where did all the little buttons go? Or where did all the pom-poms go? So yeah. if you can, that's my best advice. And it's, and it's always save your scraps. You never know when you need them. No, it's really true. And actually, you hear about this a lot when people are talking like about crochet or other, uh, you know, crafting techniques that require yeah, little different colors here and there, etc. Like, there are going to be times, especially if you start to get into a discipline of a, a certain type of craft that yeah, like, maybe you um, crocheted a bumblebee and you had a little bit of yellow yarn left over, like, well, Maybe you're going to go make a, a bird, uh, a bird crochet and you need a little bit of yellow for the beak. And so right. not I know, a little you, beak. I know. That's right. Cause you just that, but that's all you need. Like there's yes. no other yellow in the bird. You're not going to go run and buy yellow, um, yarn or anything. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, maybe you used to, maybe before you listen to this podcast, you did, or maybe you're just, you were used to that type of, um, you know, thought process, but if you save stuff, I think it can be really useful. And as long as you're organized, like you're talking about, don't worry about like the accumulation of stuff. I do think one one thing that I find to be so interesting with our podcast and sort of like examining the duality of what we talk about is we talk a lot about less is more. And of course, less is more is a good mantra for almost everything in your life. But when it comes to reducing waste, of course, you want to bring less new items into your home. But I actually had somebody reach out to me one time and say, well, yeah, but you talk a lot about like, yeah, saving things and stuff. And like, that will pile up eventually if you if you don't maintain it and, and she's right like it's the same thing as like why you open some people's closets and they just have so many pieces of clothing that they could literally never wear and they, they don't even fit anymore because people feel like well if I get rid of these things I'd be wasteful so we talk about this a lot listeners meaning that like there's no perfect answer here I mean the answer is to just try to consume a little bit less at the top of funnel but when it comes down to sort of the bottom of the funnel like Make sure you're organized that you know what you have. And then, yeah, if you need to do a cleaning out, try and give it directly to the source, like a person on buy nothing or something, rather than just like a big sort of bulk operation where somebody has to sift through it for you. Right. Um, it's interesting that you talked about clothing and how, you know, a lot of times you realize, you know, you may realize you don't wear the majority of your clothes. So this actually happened to me recently. I I was thinking about this yoga like these yoga pants that were you know baby blue they're a little too bright for my taste and although it's a cute color I I just didn't want to wear it I haven't worn it actually and so I looked at it and I was like if I had it in a different color would I wear it and so I actually I don't know if you've heard of it but I purchased Rit dye yeah which is yeah liquid dye um, I think they have powder too but I bought the liquid dye for synthetic clothing and with that I dyed it and now it's black and I would just wear it more often because black matches with everything. And so a lot of times I always say, if you're not wearing an outfit, is there a reason for it? Is it the color yeah. or is it the style? 
I mean, you can, you know, either get it sewn or you can learn how to sew or you can even just simply dye it a color that you like and would match with more outfits. Yeah. And so there you go. Now you're not having to wear. I know I'm the same way. I think pastels. I, I mean, I think they probably are still having a moment, but mm-hmm. I personally like I think there's like a really specific type of um, skin tone, et cetera, that looks good in pastels right. and the rest mm-hmm. of us, it just washes it out. And so, yes. yeah, like I totally there. I have things in my closet that look amazing on some other people, but for me, they just didn't work. And you're mm-hmm. right. Like, but maybe I like the way it's cut or maybe I right. like the style. So that's mm-hmm. a great idea. And honestly, yeah. I've never really thought about doing it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I think like in closing, I mean, we've talked about a variety of things we've talked about. Um, you know, ways to, uh, you know, source uh, supplies. We've talked about different crafts to to uh, use. We've talked about all these different like sort of techniques, but I'm curious to know, like, do you have any tips in particular for crafting sustainably with kids? Because we, we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, I just love crafting and upcycling with kids because I, I like to have their creative minds work in the sense of how can we give something second life? How to be creative and think of something different than their original purpose. So for example, um, so I know it's not the healthiest thing, but we love it. We eat a lot of Pringles (laughs) and those containers surprisingly can be awesome, um, you know, pencil holders or it even holds our crafts. Like it holds our um, pom-poms that we could reuse and such. So I always say there are things in your house that can be turned into something. And for our kids, what we do is before they throw away anything, like if they're done with the box, we always ask them, um, do you wanna make it into something? Could you see this become something? And a lot of times they they say, yes, maybe we can color it, maybe we can paint it, maybe we can make it something else. Um, recently, we took um, like boxes of gr- granola they finished the granola and they kept the box and we actually made it into halloween lanterns so we cut the front of it and we put orange tissue paper and then we put in those flameless um, candles like those tea light candles and they were holding it for halloween and it's just one of those things you want to help help your kids be creative Um, it's just it's a great thing for families to just think about And it could be hard for parents, but another tip I have to give you is try to give them that creativity freedom. Yes. A lot of of times there's, you know, times I'm just kind of like twitching my eyes and I'm like, I can can do this a little better. Let me help you. But that's the beauty of art. And it's great to see them work, you know, their, their way of thinking and just being their creative self and, you know, just support them wherever you can. And it's always interesting to ask them, oh, so what did you make? Why did you make that? That's that's great that you thought of this. I would have never thought of this. And my kids just, when they grow up, they said they want to be inventors. So they want to invent this or that. And I think it's beautiful to have them see that they can make art from, you know, what people would call trash. Absolutely. No, and it's you're right. I think it especially all of us that grew up in like perfectionist culture, which most of us did, like it it can be really hard to sit back and let your kids be creative, but that's, that's the beauty of it. You're right. Well, Tiffany, this has been so much fun. Um, Listeners, we're going to include links in the show notes to all of like the the stuff we were talking about earlier, including links to the different tutorials that uh, Tiffany's got on her website. But 
Um, I, we just really enjoyed having you, Tiffany. Um, any final tips you wanted to share with the audience before you sign off? Yeah, I mean, just have fun with it. Maybe you're not using um, quote unquote eco-friendly products, but know that you can still be sustainable by upcycling things. And you can, you know, simply think of things um, that you can reuse and make so it stays out of landfill. I think that's one of the most um, important things is we don't want any more things in the landfill. Let's just try to give things a second life and, um, yeah, no landfills. <laughs> Let's try to <laughs> avoid that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. We really loved having you on. Oh, thank you. This was so much fun. joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.